Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. into the good book oh first of all i love this book and i love the audiobook because you have multiple maesters wonderful you have multiple maesters talking about this and we're not i don't we're not going to go through the whole book but we just i kind of wanted to go back and talk a little bit about some of you know the this chap the first chapter the dawn age because it sort of describes a lot of stuff and you're like hold on some of this stuff doesn't add up right it just doesn't Oh, there's a lot that doesn't add up here. Right. It doesn't make sense. And so anytime we begin talking about the Night King and the others, because we did a really fun one. I don't think I posted it yet on the podcast. But um, about Craster's Keep, we had a really good raven about it. And we started talking about, yeah, why is he sacrificing it? I don't know. We need to go back. Because, again, sometimes we get our minds sort of mixed up between book and show canon. Yes. And you and I were talking about the White Walkers or the others. And I think we're sort of in our, you know, head canon here thinking, oh, well, the children of the forest created them. I don't know that that's the case in the books. Yeah, it's it's up for interpretation. And I'm going to tell you right now. So I was reading through the Dawn Age and I'm flipping through this beautiful book. And one of the biggest things that we can't pin down and one of the biggest questions and inconsistencies in all of A Song of Ice and Fire is the timeline. The timeline mm-hmm. for ancient history is so... No, zero sense. We, we, we really don't have a... Can- I mean, we have like, you know, the stories and what they say and whatnot, but we don't have like a real timeline. Because if you actually go by the World of Ice and Fire and what the, and, and what the maesters are telling us, the Age of Heroes, which is where Brand the Builder was, uh, you know, that's what the age he's a part of actually is is talked about before the long night. But that doesn't make sense. Uh, and there are people who argue that the long night had to have come through uh, either during or before the age of heroes. And then there's a lot of people that also say that there might have been two long nights. I mean, there is a plethora of questions that remain to be answered here and giants and everything else. Yeah. So, you know, um, one of the other things that's really interesting is the wall. 
Well, yes, we don't that, even, it, we don't even, it doesn't even actually say if the wall was created before or after the long night. That's, that's what I'm saying. And brand the builder is the one who built it. And he had help of the children of the forest of the giants. Now this is all, you know, letters that were sent from Amon down to the uh, Citadel. And he believes that they're credible. Now, some of them are writing it off, but that that's what I said. So, so he was a green seer. So if he did build the wall before the long night, it had to have been some kind of prophetic dream, right? Like there's no right. way it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just, let me, let, let me read uh, a couple little passages here from it. So the, the opening line, which is also sort of the opening line to a world of ice and fire. There are none who can say with certain knowledge when the world began, yet this has not stopped many maesters and learned men from seeking the answer. Is it mm -hmm. 40,000 years old as some hold, or perhaps a larger number as, or a number as large as 5,000 or even more, you know, just, we don't know what we can say for certain is that the world was more primitive, a barbarous place with, you know, tribes living directly from the land with no knowledge and working metal of the taming of beasts. Um, you know, we know there was the coming of the Andals, the Valyrians, the Gascari, distant people from the fable to Shai, uh, the children, right? Uh, yeah. However, yeah. ancient, those lettered races, they were not even children during the dawn age. Um, so as you kind of go here, really it, what it sort of, what they sort of agree on is there were giants and there were children of the forest that those, that's sort of the one agreed thing is there were at least those and some speculation. Th this is my favorite part of the, of this, that there was a third race. It says a possibility arises for a third race to have inhabited the seven kingdoms in the dawn age, but it is so speculative that it need only be dealt with briefly. Among the Ironborn, it is said that the first uh, the first of the first men to come to the Iron Islands found the famous sea stone chair on Old Wick, but that the isles were uninhabited. If true, the nature and origins of the chair's makers are a mystery. Uh, Maester Kurth, in his collection of Ironborn legends, Songs of the Drowned Men Sing, has suggested that the chair was left by visitors from across the Sunset Sea, but there is no evidence for this, only speculation. And I want to stress that a lot of the speculation and things that are written off in this history that was written prior to the events of A Song of Ice and Fire, or, or at least during it, a lot of the stuff that they say is hogwash in the histories are not hogwash, such as warging. Warging is written off as, you know, ridiculous. But we know, because we've read the series, as readers, that these maesters are way too skeptical and that the that before times, there was a lot more magic and crazy stuff going on. So we have to read this and not take everything face value. So when I read that this is only speculation that there was this third race, that someone, you know, formed the sea stone chair... I, I don't necessarily, I, I think something was up. I think there was a third race. Yeah. Something put that chair there because That's they got right. there. They got, I mean, there would be no reason to say, Hey, when we got there, it was here. Now this is, now this is speculation, Matt. Right. Just, You're going to go into Lovecrafty and well, no, connections. Ride with me a little bit here. What if this third race that had done this chair and everything, maybe they had some ties to the people from the lands of always winter. And what if that connection to the sea stone chair is the connection that me and you have been looking for Euron and the white walkers. Mm hmm. Could be, I mean, you know, that's it's a reach, but I don't know. Yeah. Let me um, see this. You know, we actually did a, uh, we Ezra and I back in the day did a, 
collaboration with Crow Food's daughter. She's a she's a content creator. She's great. And yeah, she was talking to us and we were talking about the Blackstone that's on there because there's there's a few times in which Blackstone is mentioned and there's two kinds of it. Right. Or there's a few kinds of it, but there's one that's sort of this fused Blackstone. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is different than the oily Blackstone. So the oily Blackstone is seen in the Seastone chair. It's seen on the Isle of the Isle of Toads. Right. There's a there's which is like this sort of Basilisk Islands. It's sort of south of um, Essos. Uh, it said the people there, you know, have these weird webbed appendages. There's yin. This is as you get sort of over by like, uh, you know, this jungle land, right? Asai. The buildings in Asai by the Shadowlands are said to consist of blackstone with a greasy, unpleasant feel. It is claimed um, the stone drinks light, which makes Asai a dark and foreboding city. So, which is kind of interesting. It's there's ties to the Bloodstone Emperor, who is this. Emperor from ET, which is the long ago, who a lot of people think is Euron sort of reincarnated. Um, wow. And then, you know, it's so it's a they worshiped this oily black stone that was said to have fallen from the sky. Interesting, because we do have another sort of metal that was yes. fell from the sky. So, <laughs> the yeah. And, and some people are saying that that may have actually caused the long the long night was this meteor that fell from the sky could have also created starfall and the sword dawn what all right you guys really want to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> this is deep rabbit hole theory today all right, yeah. listen I mean, listen matt what if what if that coming from the sky caused the long night because of like ash covering the sky so we get like this winter and this this time of darkness what if what if the white walkers are aliens could be there is another fantasy series um called the second apocalypse that has a very similar thing kind of not not similar but a very apocalyptic event and it turns out that the this these people called the consult are actually aliens and what if that is the case you know if it were any other author i wouldn't put Believe it again no, I wouldn't put it. I yeah, I might not believe it, but you know, what's kind of interesting is one George is a huge sci-fi guy. In fact, yes. I know it's so, and he it's so. I sometimes I almost feel bad for him a little bit. I mean, we <laughs> as much as we love a song of ice and fire, he is a sci-fi guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he loves fantasy, but really, if you asked him, if you said, "Hey, you can go back in time, and you can either be like the biggest." you know, top three fantasy author, or you could be a top three sci-fi writer. He'd say sci-fi. Yeah. I just read his book, dying of the light. I read his other works, but uh, dying of the light, which was his sci-fi. It was really good. I really, I yeah. would, uh, I would suggest it to people. It's only like 280 pages. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know a lot about it, but I watched rings of power and doesn't Gandalf come from a meteor or something. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing over there? So, I mean, what's to say it's not the case. You know, I don't, I, don't I know. mean, it is definitely and also like if you look back through myths and, and everything else, like that is something that George could have easily pulled from. So I'm not rolling out the fact that maybe it was really kind of more of a natural yeah. event that end up having supernatural kind of uh, um, right. fallout. Right. And that's not to say that the White Walkers 
they could be who knows they could have also just been there and this uh, huge event goes on and it causes explosions in their land and causes the doom of valyria and that's the other thing we like we kind of have an idea about some of these other things too but we it there's no there's no like specific dates until you get to Aegon's conquest so it's entirely up for speculation yeah and so and even before this it, it, you know some people say that that the world is 40,000 years old in the universe some people say it's 500,000 years old and th these people didn't ha know their letters they they weren't writing so this is all speculation like even the so we we obviously have the dawn age the dawn age it says in in uh, world of ice and fire that even the men of this were not like grandchildren when the world was born so like this is we're already maybe hundreds of thousands of years into history when we start getting these remnants of letters for the Dawn Age, just to kind of put yeah. in perspective how old the world is. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so some of the other things that go on here that's really interesting, man, it's just so, especially these chapters, because they're so vague and you feel like they're, it's so far away, we almost never talk about it. But um, so they're talking about the giants, talking about how the giants actually are covered in thick fur rather than just being really large men. Mm -hmm. Right. That would that we see there's considerable evidence of burial among the giants as recorded by Maester Kenneth's Passage of the Dead, a study of the barrow fields and graves and tombs of the north in that he wrote in his time at service of Winterfell during the long reign of Craig and Stark, who we're about to see. So I love, I love this so much <laughs> from bones that have been found in the north and sent to the Citadel. Some maesters estimate that the largest of the giants could reach 14 feet. Uh, some others say 12 is nearer the truth. Who freaking cares? Anything over, you know, 10 is like ridiculous. <laughs> um, anything over eight is uh, ridiculous. I think I'm a history major and I'll tell you that we have like we're, we have bones of people that are over eight feet tall. Yeah, I'm actually right. uh, this is kind of a side tangent, but I'm reading this book called The Wolf by Leo Carew, and he is a big uh, Song of Ice and Fire fan. And in his fantasy is kind of based on the fact that if the Neanderthals had evolved next to humans and the Neanderthals are like eight feet tall and they actually are called the uh, I think it's the Analim. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but essentially talking about the um, the angels of the Bible were actually kind of inspired mm -hmm. by this other rate. Very interesting stuff. So there's I'm a, um, this. uh, and just my mom is like super hardcore into it. Cause she's a super Christian, uh, and trying like, she loves to try and find like the, the history of how, like, you know, like the Bible could work and stuff like that. And, right. um, it, she's not alone in this belief, but some people uh, believe that that actually might be the, the story of David and Goliath is that Goliath was actually a like an eight foot tall person. Yeah, but when you're comparing it to humans at that point, which would be a lot smaller, maybe five, four, you know, mm -hmm. four, eight or something. And you're also talking about a younger kid is that the comparison would cre help create this story of a, you know, young boy and a giant. Yes. Uh, type yeah. of a type of a thing. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, uh, some other interesting things here. So one of the things I like about this book, the world of ice and fire, uh, it, it sort of goes, and then it'll give you these sort of side tangents. So the first side tangent we have here is the archives of the Citadel contain a letter from Maester Eamon sent in the early years of the reign of Aegon the fourth, the fifth, which reports of an account from a ranger of a ranger named Redwin written in the days of King Doran Stark. It recounts a journey to Lorne Point and the Frozen Shore. If, now, the Frozen Shore is sort of out there as you get closer to Lands of Always Winter. The White Walkers are. 
Um, Eamon's letter claimed that he had found um, is that uh, that the ranger and his companions fought giants and traded with the children of the forest. Eamon's letter claimed that he had found many such accounts in his examinations at the archives of the watch at Castle Black and considers them credible. Now, here's what's really interesting about that. This is a side tangent. When you go read Maester Eamon's painting on the on the Song of Ice of Fire wiki, or you start reading about him, this isn't mentioned, right? Because it's something that takes place in a world of ice and fire as a correspondence. It's not like an event. So when you go to research online, it's usually like, here's the events of Game of Thrones, yada, 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 yada. Well, so, okay, if you look at this, even this little segment right here, Egg, Maester Eamon goes to the wall when Egg become, right, becomes king. He goes to the wall with Blood Raven. Blood Raven gets sent to the wall. Right? Because Blood Raven kills uh the one of the Blackfires. Um Annie's Blackfire. He gets off a boat and boom, kills him. And so he gets sent to the wall. So Maester Eamon would go to the wall with Blood Raven, who is now who like immediately becomes the Lord Commander. And he's doing this research and he's reading about children of the forest and giants. And the Blood Raven, as we know, becomes meets with these children of the forest. And as some something happens, and he ends up in a cave with children of the forest as three-eyed crow. Yes. And isn't it interesting that the next little side piece that they highlight in this book is talking about uh people being able, children of the forest being able to speak through ravens. And how yeah. ravens could talk with human voices, and then you look back in the in the books, and then you have the raven next to uh to uh what's uh Mormont, and he's saying snow, snow, king, 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 and it's like, is that Blood Raven talking to John Snow at that moment, trying to communicate? Are the children of the forest trying to communicate with John in that chapter? Like I have to assume that there's a lot of significance to these broken out pieces because. Like you said, they're side tangents, but they're highlighted. Like if you were skimming this book, you would read those because attention is being drawn to them in the way that they're like presented on the page. So I feel like there is definitely context to these things. And I, I don't know if all of them will have a lot of validity when it comes to the main series. But between the first three, we immediately get the fact that Eamon, who we have in the main series, is sending letters about these people right back to the Citadel. And then you have ravens talking and the speech of ravens being able to use human voices which is something that we do see in the main series and then a possibility about a third race and all this mystery around the ironborn and then we have euron like i don't know matt maybe 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 we need to do a deep dive on these little side tangents because i think they have oh, a lot to do absolutely we do yeah so uh so some other things that are pre uh, pretty interesting and, and is um it goes on then a little bit to start talking about the children of the forest, right? And it talks to the children of the forest were in many ways the opposite of giants. As small as children, but dark and beautiful, they lived in a manner we might call crude today, yet they were still less barbarous than the giants. They worked no metal, but had they had great art in working obsidian, which the small folk call dragon glass, while the Valyrians knew it by a, uh, a word meaning frozen fire to make tools and weapons for hunting. So the other thing you got to think about here is these maesters are sort of speculating on tales and accounts from obviously only once the Andals or the first men, excuse me, show up. 
Mm-hmm. So the first men have to show up in order to then start writing about what they're seeing over here. Yeah. So there could be a huge amount of time that takes place before anybody, any of these people actually show up over there. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> you think about the children of the forest and like how populated they were. And then obviously they were the ones that they believed, that, you know, were green seers and being able to talk through weirwoods. And then you have the coming of the first men and all this stuff has been around forever. The first men show up and then there's a war. Right. And then mm-hmm. the children of the force, they come to a pact, right? They have a pact and the pact's forged and everything's good. Here's the thing that I think is is a big indicator that the show is probably not what we're going to get in the books. The pact happens and then the age of heroes begins. And whether or not the long night happened during the age of heroes or after the age of heroes is we can we can debate that. I don't think we're ever, we, we won't know that for a long time. But the fact remains, if the long night happened during the Age of Heroes, this isn't just like 10 years after the coming of the first man. This is thousands of years, possibly. Mm -hmm. If the long night was triggered by the children of the forest and they've already formed this pact, why would the children of the forest? You you know what I'm saying? Like, why would they wait thousands of years to then do it? To act to activate the white. You know what I'm saying? Like the long night. Right. I, I don't know if I. If I buy this, I, I I don't I don't know if the show got it right. No, it didn't. I really I no the show the show the show definitely didn't get it right. Um. So it's like this is where we you and I have gone back about like back and forth a little bit about, about a, a night king. Will we see a night king? Oh, I have some information. Go ahead, but I have some context. Okay. Well, so I was actually just piecing together one of the pieces of the iceberg we did to post it as a standalone on YouTube. The uh, is brand watching through the weirwoods. And um, as I was gathering some pictures for that video, one of the pictures I, I gathered, which I you kind of forget about, but it's actually kind of a cool moment in the show is when the White Walkers are able to break into Blood Raven's cave. Remember, because Bran accidentally touches the Night King or the Night King touches Bran when he's when he's viewing them through like the Weirwood network and then the magical spell is broken. So they're able to walk through and then the Night King comes in and kills Bloodraven. Yeah. Remember that scene in the show? It's one. And then that's what triggers hold the door. Yeah. I kind of think that's going to be the same thing in the books. So that's where I think we'll see like a lead White Walker. I, I could see that. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the Night King who the, who was the first one that the children created because the more I'm diving back into this stuff, the more I'm diving into the idea that the others are, or the White, White Walkers, the others are not, are, I think they existed before the children. I think they, I don't think the children of the forest created them. Yeah, I, I would actually uh, uh, probably agree with that. Um, I am, you know, I'm skeptical that there would be a Night's King. But one right. of the things that I thought was really interesting is that when George Martin was talking about the Night's King and the difference between the Night King and the Night's King, he talks about the 13th Lord Commander. He talks about it being mm-hmm. like a person from the Age of Heroes and this myth. And he said it would be as likely for a Knights King to show up as it would be for a brand the builder to show up. But mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, I am of the belief that Brand Stark is Brand the Builder. Okay. I'm I'm on board with but, that. But you see what I'm saying? I'm saying 
George answered the question about the Night's King and said, well, it would be as likely as another person from the Age of Heroes showing up in the main series, meaning Bran, Bran the Builder. And it makes it sound like he's saying that there's no chance. But if Bran is Bran the Builder, then what he is saying is, yeah, the Night's King could end up in the main series. It's a very coy, like little... Uh, answer from George. So I, I thought that that was really fascinating because after we talked about this, I started looking things up, trying to find some quotes about Night's King from George. And I'm of the, I am of the belief that Bran is Bran the Builder. So I'm curious. Yeah. I, well, I, I think George he, might do something weird. Here's a, here's a question for you because this is one that's always kind of been interesting to me. Um, and Ezra and I talked about it when we first started this podcast. So in, in in the world of ice and fire, when it it it, it gets a little interesting um, when it starts to talk about green seers, because mm -hmm. it describes the green seers almost as like green seers were sort of special children of the forest. Yeah. So then, how is it that is it do, do what do is is the term green seer? Perhaps is that so? Is that something anybody can have? Because if it's not just like oh, it's only children of the forest that could have green sight. Yeah, what grants green sight? See, so I guess the question is, do people actually have green sight, or is it only a children of the forest thing? Because if it is, the, are then the children of the forest manipulating, influencing. The yeah, did the children of the forest and the first men ever crossbreed? We don't know. We need to know. We need to know about maybe some hybrids. Right. So do you think it's more likely that the children of the sea, there's a lot of evidence in the book to suggest that it is the children of the forest messing with them because the stuff going on in the cave seems a bit weird, right? Yeah. The stuff does. going on in the cave with Blood Raven, we may have to get Ez back on here for this because that's his, like, his, his, his jam is you know it's it's different because it's like there seems he he's all we've always we've talked about it before as sort of this almost like a split personality going on with blood raven there's the last green seer and then there is brendan rivers or right. some people view it as no it's just the same person that's just how he is now i think i'm actually a, sort of against that idea that there's like something controlling him could be but i think it could just be the children and maybe the children are acting on behalf of the great other oh man it's a great question it's a great question and i've i've also seen this theorized before that maybe there was a great debt from the children of the forest or or the first men that right. that's what that that is what the others represent and the long night represents is them like cashing in i've even seen some people speculate now this matt this is out there okay we've been going some weird places but this is maybe the worst one I've heard it speculated that it's revisionist history to give brand the builder and like the age of heroes more um, props than they deserve. And that it was the white wall. It was the others that built the wall to keep men out and men kept coming North and the wildlings pushing North and the children of the forest. And then that was the, you know, if, if we go with what we believe that possibly the white walkers and the others were around before, that the wall was their construct to keep them out. But as people kept pushing North, the others pushed back. Yeah. You know, 
what's the other thing that's in the other thing i gotta talk about here that's interesting because it feels like this takes place a lot further is it seems like the wall at least if you're reading a world of ice and fire as is because it, it jumps all over the place in terms of the timeline it seems like the wall takes place before the breaking of the arm which is a land bridge that goes over dorm which is believed that the children of the forest did but that's really to stop not the first men from coming because the first men are Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Already there. Right. The Andals, which are other people from Essos who come over, and there are the ones who are tearing down the weirwood trees because they don't like them because they believe in the faith of the seven. Yes, that is correct. And and the Andals so, are, are the Saxons. Right. Anglo-Saxons. So right. what's interesting is that the wall is built. There are clearly children of the forest on the other side of the wall. So why so is the wall was because some people believe all the wall was built and the children had to stay on that side because that's where we see them in the main series. But we know that's not the case because the children exist. So what's the point of the wall? So a lot of people believe that the wall was built during the Age of Heroes by Brandon the Builder in in um, response to the long night in the vanquishing of the White Walk uh, of the White Walkers and the others. But the Night's Watch exists before the wall exists. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I yeah, I know. <laughs> but how but how long before? Like we don't know, right? We don't know that. Yeah. It's a question. I know. It's good, I know. Question. The problem is the book is vague. The book is very vague and it, it contradicts itself literally every second. And you really have to read, in all honesty, you really have to sort of read these first few chapters. I, I kind of want to do just a, a, a little block of them, um, up to really just maybe like not, I don't know. We could do the rise of Valyria, but I think just because some of it is interesting, but I just kind of want to do to the long night. But um, so that's certainly sort of part one of it, at least at least looking at it. But um, yeah, so it seems to me just sort of looking at it is that the wall goes up. But again, this chapter takes place before the Age of Heroes. Yeah. And that, and that's that's the the weird thing about that and, and, so, and to be fair this doesn't have to be in chronological order since it is a book and it's kind of broken down into pieces um but we do not know whether the long night happened the age of heroes is where uh, you know we get the azora high though so we we do know that the long night had to happen at some point but there are people who believe that the age of heroes is kicked off by the vanquishing of the long night it, it's honestly very confusing right yeah, see, and then in the next chapter, legend says that the great floods that broke the land bridge is now the broken arm that made the neck a swamp. So it made the neck, it sort of messed it up too. That's yeah. that's like in the cut in the coming of the first in the coming of the first men. 
thing. So, yeah, it's it's all just it's so intriguing to to look at. So I mean, so what are your so what are your sort of what were your sort of big big takeaways from rereading this? So my big takeaways are that Ravens talking with human language is considered nonsense, but it's happening in the main series, which is wild. And they're saying that that was a children of the forest ability. So that makes me think about, uh, you know, all of John scenes where, you know, the the little bird is yelling snow, snow, king, king, corn, corn. You know, I'm that interesting. Uh, and then on top of that, the fact that uh, there was possibly a third race was really interesting. Um but the biggest inconsistency for me is the fact that the children made the pact with the coming of the first men. And then the age of heroes happens over what seems to be thousands of years. Um, and the first men, it says the first men at last had room to increase from the land of always winter to the shores of the summer sea. The first men ruled from the ring forts. So that means that they were in like, what if they found something up in the lands of always winter? Because directly after this section is the long night. And I need to know <laughs> like why the long night happened. And I am not convinced that it's the children of the forest anymore. I'm not right. So if you sort of think about it in show verse, what would have had to have happened is it's possible that all of these events sort of take place at, at, at the same time. And it's just the book telling us it in this sort of weird way mm -hmm. is that the children and the first men coexist for a while until they start chopping down weirwood trees and then there's some sort of pact made. But I guess is the pact, the, the pact would either have to have happened because the children create the White Walkers in, in one version. They create the White Walkers. It, it kicks off the long night. That's the show Dude. version. Yeah. Right. Or it could, it could be the case in the books. I mean, it, it, the it, there's nothing to say that the children didn't create the White Walkers in, in the books. There, there isn't. I just... don't. I don't think they are because the White Walkers in the books, even though we don't see much of them, feel like they're their own thing. Yeah, it feels like they have their own culture. Even I mean, that they're a language for for God's right. sakes. You know. Um, I will say that the pact, at least the way it's laid out, and the maesters could be wrong, but in the written text, it very much seems like the pact happens. And then the dawn of the uh, dawn age of the world came to a close and the age of heroes followed. So that is that is after the pact. So it really does seem like the age of heroes happened in result of this war coming to an end. And then the age of heroes and the long night are kind of the same period because um, the mm -hmm. age of heroes, again, wasn't 10 years. It was 100 years. It was thousands of years. So the long right. night happened at some point during the age of heroes. And we know that um, Garth Greenhand is the father of Brand the Builder. Um, so brand the builder is the one who built the wall. So it had to have happened somewhere in that generation. I just, we just don't know why maybe the children of the forest started something back when they did the pact and they couldn't stop it once it completed. I don't know, but it's also really fascinating that the first men apparently had forts and castles up in the lands of always winter. Was that after the long night? It, it's not clear. Maybe see, you, maybe it's not, you know, because even the history, the history could even be more jacked up because mm -hmm. to me, the, the to me, the event that feels like. See, the way the book describes it, it makes it feel like the doom is way, way after. 
like way after all these things. Yeah, it says thousands of years before uh, Targaryen kings rose. So you would assume that the doom right because it makes it seem like the doom happens and then the Targaryen dynasty is like the next day. Like, oh, the doom's happened. We got to get out of here now. Let's go take over Westeros. Yeah, and Targaryens leave before the doom even. Because I, I know. Yeah. So it's <sighs> well, what makes what would in theory sort of makes a lot of sense is the children of the forest maybe jack everything up when they when they destroy you know like mm-hmm. half the portion of a continent yes. to to destroy the land bridge which could then cause a ripple effect around the planet which could then cause an enormous volcano to explode causing ash to fill the sky which would then t- create a worldwide long night because the long night takes place all over the world yeah that's what i say that was what i was about to say the long night in in our series feels very like you only know, in westeros only in westeros but that is not the case i mean it's talked about in the annals of in a shy it's talked about in yeti valeria the whole deal the whole thing the whole world right right because it's just it's because you look at some of our legends right so like king arthur let's take take for example um, you know, a, a big belief of King Arthur is that it's actually sort of like a handful of people mm-hmm. that were because, you know, it, we believe King Arthur isn't real. Oh, I believe he is real. I think he's a real guy. That's OK, <laughs> but uh, Excalibur is out there. But, you know, there's different versions of that story, <laughs> even like trying to be like historically accurate versions. Um, and some people believe he's maybe the sort of blend of a handful of characters uh or people i I should historical figures i should i should say so it's just interesting it just doesn't it just doesn't add up like Mm -hmm. you know there are flood stories all over the in our history right i mean many cultures have a flood portion to their history it's not just like noah's ark Mm -hmm. as this sort of one you know um in like in chinese history and you know beliefs and stuff like that um so, but it's just odd that there would be a long night that takes place all over the world. So, like, what's happening in these other places? Because it's not the White Walkers. Is it like some sort of battle of gods that's going on? Was it it's a meteor? the whole world? Yeah, it could it, be. And now the aliens are in the lands of always winter. <laughs> I might be well, going on it, the UFO thing here. <laughs> it it could be actually. It could have been a meteor. That's what I'm saying. That hit and then causes a bunch of ash to go up, and maybe that's what actually broke the arm. And volcanic activity rise because they said it was it happens in Dorne, right? Really, it's Dorne to gets broken over, but it's this sort of big ripple effect which causes the neck to get all jacked up and become swampland. So if a meteor hits Dorne on the other side, Starfall. And and who says that the meteor didn't separate and you know right. what I mean? Like, what if there was just the right amount of elements on this thing that, you know, causes evolution of the others? Now, we right. are we are in such ridiculous territory at this. Moment. That's fine. We're in we're, it's, get our tinfoil hats. I'm on. so deep down yeah. the rabbit hole. I can't see this. The beginning. or the I'm, I'm about to get I'm about to bust up my Valyrian steel hat. Let's okay. Go. Let's Valyrian, Valyrian steel foil. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. Knights, Knights of tinfoil. No, I mean, it's just it's 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 all important because, yeah, I mean, the series is going to go in whatever direction it's it's going to go. You know, it's it's sort of it's sort of so funny because and this is one of the things I love about A Song of Ice and Fire is that George has created this huge world full of magic, magical characters, magical creatures. 
but because it kicks off in a time in which there is no magic, mm -hmm. we tend to sort of be on the skeptic side. Yeah. Because we read it's, the Maester's history and they, they are skeptics. I, I know. It's so good. It's just, it's like, it's like we see Daenerys with dragons, but she only has three. So it's like, okay, it's still like pretty small scale stuff. Well, Arya and Jack, but that's really only like two people. So it's still like really small scale stuff. So we sort of laugh at all of these other theories of like Bruce Bolton might be some sort of undead vampire guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's ridiculous. But it was the mace, the faceless men have been doing it for thousands of years. Well, right. You know, so, you know, another thing that kind of plays into this is that we see the Lannisters saying that Rob Stark turned into a wolf and tore out the man's. Leg. I know. And, and it's like, well, that didn't happen. Like we know, cause we had Catelyn's POV. So like the, um, the superstition of men within this time period that has no magic makes us even more skeptical. And the way the maesters talk about magic, I think is like really fascinating. So in the age of heroes section, it ends with the legion of boys and youths made ignorant by, of the past history of Westeros by these foolish tales cannot be numbered. So you are foolish to believe that that ravens can talk with a human's voice and all these things and green seers. This is all garbage, according to them. So, like, I need to I need to be skeptical of the skeptics when I read World of Ice and Fire. I need we need to yeah. we're going through this bad boy. Let's do it. Yeah, at least at least the at least the first block, because once you get to the Targaryens, it's like pretty straightforward. But like sort of the magic, mm -hmm. um, you know, the magic stuff, really, it's just up to the reign of dragons, which is the first block. Is sort of the ancient, um, the ancient, and we, and we can we can actually probably the next two are short, so we could kind of combine them. Which is we kind of got into it a little bit today, which is the coming of the first man, but it sort of goes into uh, then the long night, and then you sort of have two Valyria, uh, a, a few Valyria chapters because the long night is really just sort of one uh, page, one yeah, it's it's just one page, and then I, the audiobook kind of blends them too, so it's hard to tell exactly what do you consider as like a chapter because some yeah. some of the subject it's just the way the book is is structured. I, um, I do think it's, it might be worth us though, because like there's a lot of like like further stuff about the seven kingdoms in this book. Like, yeah, the Targaryen history is what it is, but if we actually look at like the reach, like there's a Garth of Greenhand chapter, and Garth mm -hmm, Greenhand the was back. the father of the person who built the wall so i feel like that might be really important to yeah the back half yeah the back half of the book goes sort of regent yeah sort of sort Vinny of goes in there so we gotta mm -hmm. we got some stuff to go over man yeah so no it's 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 definitely uh it's 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 definitely all interesting Good stuff to die into i mean the coming of the first man i mean look at this uh mm -hmm. sorry as i click on this the green seers employed uh, so that so it talks about that there's hunters among children their wood dancers became warriors as well but for all of their secrets arts of tree and leaf they could only slow the first men in their advance the green seers employed their arts and tales say they um that they could call the beasts of marsh forest and air to fight on their behalf now that's interesting hmm which we know which sort of we think ravens but let's say they can't control dragons uh What's to say Blood Raven can't control one of Danny's dragons? It's a good question. Maybe Bran was the one that caused Drogon to burn the city down so that Daenerys could be killed so he could be king so he could go back in time to fix everything. <laughs> oh my god. What if the what if the <laughs> uh, what if the others are some sort of like time travel police? <laughs> there we go. I, I'm getting out of hand now. Well, Matt Smith's in this, so there's there could be a TARDIS, okay? Um, but no, so they also controlled 
monster dire wolves monstrous snow bears cave lions and eagles mammoths and serpents and more but the first men to proved too powerful and the children are said to have been driven to a desperate act so this is when they break this is when they break the arm uh, and we'll get into this next time we we dive into it but it, it sort of all goes you know kind of kind of together and then it still doesn't answer how green side is is done it does not and we, we so what do you are... what do you think and i know we're we're at like we're 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 at a, a good sort of stopping point here but what i mean what do you and i'll check in with the convention here in a second i, I you, honestly i have no idea um <laughs> i <sighs> i don't know i don't know if it's going to come from them like like breeding together with like the first man. I, I don't know, but it does seem like it's a children of the forest type deal, or is there some sort of magic in the land? I, I really, I'm not sure. It could be anything. I don't know. I need to do some more. Do you, homework. Think, do you think, do you think we'll figure it out? Cause I do, I do think that mm. in the winds of winter, we will, it'll be, it'll be through a brand chapter. But I do think we will get some sort of a backstory because at the end of the day, whether it's Euron or whatever way they want to go in it, George is going to give us some detail on the history of the others and explain why they're sort of important. Unless, which this is what I thought, game how I thought Game of Thrones was going to end. I mean, before before we saw you know season eight, I sort of thought that I could see an argument in which the white walkers like say took King's landing and they had to like take it back from them or something. And that the whole deal could have been, look, the game of Thrones doesn't matter because winter is coming. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. So like the, I thought I could see an argument where like Cersei and them die while they're trying to fight for the throne. Cause they're too, you know, it's kind of like, a. I don't know. I, you know, in some movies where somebody's like so obsessed with treasure and then like, you know, they end up dying because they're like trying to hold on to gold or something as like yeah. falling off a cliff or, you know, like Smeagol, right? Oh, he, he goes for the ring because that's what he's so torn to. And then he ends up falling in, uh, you know. So, but it's, so at the end of the day, it's really, it's winter that is what's what matters and, and what is coming. So, but I, so if he doesn't explain it and it's just sort of because it's the moral of his story. But I just don't think George is going to do that. I think he's going to. I think he's going to give us probably through a brand chapter, or possibly Sam, or maybe a combination with sort of some history of these White Walkers. I think we're going to have to get something to explain. Yeah, because especially in the in the in the books, we have we've only seen them like twice. You know, it's another thing that we haven't really talked about is like Dragon Dreams. You know, we're talking about Green Seer and all this stuff, but Dragon Dreams happen, and we know that they have actually had correct prophecies. And then, if you mm -hmm. throw in the Aegon prophecy, which George George doesn't believe it's been passed down, that's not his thing. That's the show. But he did say that Aegon had prophetic dreams about possibly a apocalyptic threat coming from a land of winter. Uh, did the children of the Force send for them? Like I. This all has to tie together. So I do believe that we'll get the answer of at least, you know, where I, I definitely think that the others will be explained. Mm -hmm. I, th I think 100%. I think it's going to be very likely that they are going to even have their own like system culture of people. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to get like a White Walker chapter. <laughs> I don't think that's going right. to happen. But you know, grand. The, there could be. What if we, it's kind of interesting because we don't have like a physical manifestation of R'hllor. Hmm. But 
the we could get a Night King character that is the Great Other. Yeah, that could happen. And so then it could, maybe it's the gods. Maybe it's the gods through lore gives the Targaryens green dreams, but then we know some of them are connected to these houses, which sort of have green sight throughout their lineage, or they could all just be influenced by the children. Interesting. We're gonna have to come back to it. Uh, otherwise, we could we could sit here and we could sit here and sort of spin all night. But it's, it is real quick though. It is kind of funny that we set out on this thing, saying that the children of the force did not create the others, and now I feel now like, we're like I don't know. Maybe I kind of see it. <laughs> I can, I can right. see it. <laughs> so okay. So let me. I got Twitter pulled up here. Uh, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing on. Spell. I've been looking. I've been looking. I know. I've, I've been um, I've been looking too. Although there's still as a recording, I think I don't know how long his panel is. If there's only four minutes left, who knows? But he did answer some pretty interesting questions uh, and some other interesting things too. So some of the, a lot of these questions were just sort of like, how'd you get into acting? Like, you know, what what'd you think? He says um, some of these things from the panel was asked. Uh, he said he agrees with Bran as king, but Kit Harrington also thinks that Jon Snow himself would have been a good king, huh? Because even if he even if they don't give us any snow news, we still know it's coming. So it's not like, oh, it's the snow show isn't happening. He just may not be allowed to talk about it or doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to talk about it yet. Yeah. Um, he was asked, how would Ned react to John being a Queenslayer, given how Ned reacted to Jamie killing uh, Ares? He probably would not have approved. Now, again, some of these questions are interesting because they're asking, how do you think Jon Snow would react to some of, you know, Mm -hmm. These especially because he's writing a show about Jon Snow's further events. So just saying. Yeah. Some of these aren't just like, oh, you know, it's one thing to ask, like, you know, uh, Brian Cranston, what do you think Walter White would do now? Well, Walter White's dead. So, you know, Jimmy's <laughs> like, Jimmy's like, wow, spoiler. <laughs> uh, let me see. Kit said he knew that he wasn't dead when reading the season five scripts because he realized it made a cliffhanger and they wouldn't kill him like that. Uh, he would have, uh, he would have believed it had to been episode nine. So this is before you know because it's further on. Could Jon Snow find love again, Kit? I hope so. Okay, there we go. It says uh, Kit says John would have. A lot of problems having another uh, another relationship after Ygritte and Danny. Lots of trauma, and he said it's Freudian how John goes for very dominant women. Okay. Um, some other sort of uh, any sort of fun things. Apparently, he was asked about the ending again, and he said, "I think John killing Danny. I'm sorry, was the right ending for me." So that makes it sound a little bit more. Like a little right. less, right? Um, I, I need more context around that quote to know how I feel about it. Let me see here. Um, he had a few other ones. He said that Jamie is his favorite character, and I don't know if that's I don't know if that's I don't know if that's because he, that's just Kit Harrington saying, you know, right? Uh, he said which season he liked the most. He said season two because they had a lot more character moments. Season two was also a great season for. Uh, for Jon Snow. There was, I saw something else here. This was kind of interesting just because it's hard to get news out of this because you literally just have to follow people on Twitter who are there. Yeah. Because uh, like nobody else is talking about it. So this is interesting. It says that Patty Constantine was actually asked a question saying there was no audition. He didn't, he did, he had no audition. There was only the option to play Viserys. 
um, and Matt Smith as Damon. Interesting. So clearly they were like, we want these people, which happens well, sometimes. Well, they did a fantastic job. Did a great job. They did see, it. I see it's I don't I was unfamiliar with Patty Constantine, but remember we talked about when they said Matt Smith is Damon, I was like sold <laughs> like perfect casting uh for it. So, yeah, it says, yeah, it says Kit Kit said he was shell shocked when he first read that he'd kill Danny. And you can there's actually video footage of that. Yeah. That with they relief where they're releasing it for the first time and they both just kind of look at each other like, oh my God. Uh he'd, you know. He said he actually hadn't met her in real life all that long ago and he wanted more time for their characters because, again, that's kind of the crazy thing, too, is like Game of Thrones is it's so huge and everyone's filming in these different locations where it's like a lot of the cast doesn't even meet each other, yeah. which was which when you go back was one of these things where I remember in season seven talking about it as we were watching it live being like, man, now that a lot of these characters are meeting for the first time, like actors, like their chemistry feels weird. Yeah, I would and agree it could, with that. Like, I think Sansa and Arya, and it could just be because I feel like maybe they were just directing that way. Because it's like they were, like had hung out and were friends and stuff like that. But it is just weird. It's sort of, that was another piece to it that I think is an underlying thing that was kind of weird. Because you were beginning to see all these characters. It's like, you know, Jorah and Danny we'd seen for seasons and seasons. So then you get to see somebody. And actually, by the way, I just watched the, um, I just watched the, the long claw scene in season seven when Jorah and John have a conversation about, uh, G.R. Mormont, and it's really good. It's actually, it's like of of the stuff in season seven, regardless of whether you know anything comes out of it, it's just kind of it's it's a it's just a solid conversation. Yeah, I also think that uh, me and you were probably due for a rewatch and maybe try to find some positive things to say about those last two seasons. Not that we that need could to... be a yeah. Once we're, maybe once we're not going to go apologist on it, but we'll you yeah know, we'll maybe uh stuff. yeah maybe once we're done with um doing our little re kind of dive into uh world of ice and fire, some lore stuff. So, yeah. um, well, it's five o'clock now and I don't know how much longer this thing is, but I don't think we're getting anything. Yep. Womp, womp, womp. Womp, womp, womp. Who knows? Uh, potentially maybe it's like a last sort of a, a, a thing, but, um, I don't, I don't know how much longer this press conference is going to go. So I was kind of hoping we'd get some news. Who knows? Maybe we still, we will, kind of weird that they would make a big deal about oh it's going to be kit harrington and then sort of not announce anything so we'll see so nonetheless with that guys as always thank you for watching thank you for listening kind of a weird one today as we were just diving through a few different topics but uh holidays are coming up hope you guys have a happy holidays jim and i are coming back with iceberg part three and we have some other things we've recorded as well so uh, stay tuned for all that and get your minds fresh a little bit about who you think would win some some fantasy matchups here. Big battles. You know, I mean, who would win? Jamie or the Viper? I don't know. It's kind of interesting, mm. right? Jon Snow versus the Mountain. Damon versus the Mountain. Hmm. Uh, the Hound mm. versus anyone. Kristen Cole. <laughs> oh, Ooh. I like it. Good. Interesting. So with that, guys, as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out. Check out more content on Patreon or Apple Premium. And remember, apparently in 500 pages, winter is coming.